1: They're called COVID nineteen. They have four cans, and they're coming. Four cans, please.
0: Ah!
2: Hi, I'm Rachel Hampton,
3: and I'm Madison Malone Kercher. You're listening to ICYMI, in case you missed it. Slate's podcast about internet culture. Today's the day, Rachel. I finally understand NFTs. I am fully up what? on non-fungible tokens and I'm going really? to explain them.
2: To Honestly, you. thank you so much. I I don't understand what they are and I feel like it's an important part of my job to know what they are. So thank you, Madison. I felt the same way, which is why I took it upon myself to learn
3: what they're all about. And uh I really found that there was a single tweet that summed them up for me perfectly, and I'm excited to share. Just one tweet? Yeah, it is from a user whose handle is at Girl Mode, and the tweet is, "Yeah, I have NFTs. Nice fucking tits."
2: Madison, I thought you were actually going to talk about what an NFT was. <laughs> no,
3: I'm not. We this is the last we're going to talk about NFTs on the podcast. That's probably a lie, and I reserve the right to change like, my I- mind. I but I feel like you
2: should know what they are. But okay. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I just it was a really good tweet. Uh, but we're not actually talking about NFTs today. We're going to talk about vaccines and all the ways that Instagram is built to convince you to shop and all the weird shit it convinced us, me, you, to buy in the last year while we were stuck at home. I sort of like to think of Instagram as QVC on my phone.
2: It's QVC, but with an algorithm that knows exactly what to serve you. But before we get into the stuff that I actually want to buy, we're going to get into some stuff that I wish didn't exist on the internet at all. There's been a recent wave of vaccine memes that has Apparently convinced somebody somewhere with access to Etsy that what we really need right now are a crossover of Hogwarts content and vaccine meme content. And by content, I mean T-shirts that you can buy to put on your actual physical body. <laughs> OK, um, don't check your mail. Madison, uh... no. <laughs> I'm burning it. But if there's anything the internet is really good at, besides giving Madison things to buy me that I don't want, it's convincing people that doing free spawn con for um, major corporations is a personality. And the corporations <laughs> talking about this week are pharmaceutical companies.
3: If you're not familiar with the sort of personalities, the vaccines have developed online. Pfizer is the hot girl vaccine. Moderna is the Dolly Parton shot. And then there's the redheaded stepchild, the J&J one shot vaccine.
2: If you've been online or watching cable news, you might have heard that the use of Johnson and Johnson vaccine has actually been put on pause in the United States this week. Regulators are um, further investigating adverse effects of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, which, to be clear, thus far appear to be very, very rare.
3: Right. The numbers right now are about one in a million, and experts across the board are saying the benefits of protecting yourself against the ravages of COVID far outweigh these potential adverse Side effects. I got to say, though, isn't it so fun to watch people around the world suddenly get very concerned about women getting blood clots from necessary
2: medication? It's been it's been so fun. I couldn't think of any other medication that might cause these kind of adverse effects that could also use this attention. No other (coughs) medication (coughs) at all. Heart control. Doesn't exist.
3: (laughs) But these sorts of discussions require a kind of nuance that you don't necessarily get in memes or on TikTok.
0: Um, only hot people
4: get the Pfizer vaccine. If you got Moderna, then... I don't know what to tell you, Queen. This message is brought to you by Pfizer gang.
3: You've seen that TikTok before, right?
2: Yeah, I have. Basically, Pfizer has somehow become, like, the elite vaccine. I've seen so many tweets along the lines of, all my hot friends have gotten Pfizer and I got Moderna and I don't know how to feel about it. And then, you know, the Moderna girls are just over there. The thoroughly Moderna Millies, if you will. I won't, but okay.
3: (laughs) (laughs) So what we're describing here is the memification of vaccines. But something else that has arisen is the question of whether or not these vaccine personality bits and jokes, whether or not they're actually harming the vaccine effort. You know, it's all fun and games until no one gets a shot. (laughs) The concept of herd immunity feels so tangible and close, or at least like closer than it did even six months ago. Hmm. I, I was thinking about that the other night I was lying in bed watching TikToks and I came across this, this TikTok that at first made me laugh and then started to kind of make me angry. I'm like 95% effective.
4: So am I, and we're both mRNA, so we're basically the same. No, we're not.
3: You're so high maintenance. You have to be stored at like negative 70 degrees Celsius. I can be stored at room temperature. Shut Shut up, Johnson. This TikTok is a comedian who is cosplaying as all of the different vaccines, and she's having a conversation between them. And every time she switches between a character, she changes clothes and pins a different index card with the vaccine name to her chest. So there's like a green index card and a green T-shirt when she's Pfizer, and when she's Moderna, she's in yellow.
0: You're basically emergency.
3: Yeah, but I'm 85% effective against severe disease, and I'm cheap. Well, it's hard to charge for s*** that doesn't work. There's a lot of good information in there, but... For me, what made me sort of sit up in bed and say, mm, that doesn't sit quite right, is there's a joke in there that says, it's well, it's hard to charge for shit that doesn't work. The implication there being that the J&J shot doesn't work. But it led me, as watching TikToks does, it pretty much broke my TikTok algorithm such that I'm, ol- I'm only getting vaccine content now. Have you seen any sort of anthropomorphic vaccine content in your, your TikTok?
2: Yeah, it feels kind of inescapable at this point. I've seen this one, which is significant, actually significantly worse than the one that you just showed us. And there wasn't even a moment where I was like, ha ha, that's funny. I was just immediately like, why are we doing this? Okay, what do we have ourselves here? Pfizer. Hey, we got ourselves a high roller. Hey. So it's kind of this club skit, which is actually the format that I've seen most often. Like, it's this club bouncer, and they're allowing people in. And it's like, here's the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. Wait a minute. Johnson &
4: Johnson? What type of establishment do you think this is? A goddamn brothel? The J&J line's over there. You're going to wait your turn behind the red rope. Honestly, initially the memification
3: of vaccines seemed like a really good idea. I don't. Did, are you familiar with the uh,
2: the vaccine slut song? Oh, you know I am. But for those <laughs> unfamiliar, we're gonna play perhaps the best song ever.
0: Hello? You can call me the vaccine slut. Yeah. Take that needle and stick it in my butt. Yeah, but Put the health juice in the eye. Yeah. Cause I like not to die. V A C C I N E. Come get immunized with me. Get yeah, vaccinated, y'all.
2: I love that. It's a bop.
3: Yeah, it's a bop. It's brand agnostic. I remember seeing this, though, as one of, I think, like the earliest TikTok vaccine audios that at least came across my For You page. And I remember thinking, oh, this is fun. What an interesting new genre we're entering. But now my doomsday internet brain sees the TikTok of the vaccine bouncer and thinks, oh, no, what if somebody internalizes this for real? Which is like not to say that people who watch TikToks aren't smart enough to get that this is comedy and it's largely funny, but this is how efficacy rates get cemented in people's brains as quote-unquote good or bad
2: yeah i mean i don't think either of us are suggesting that anybody who would watch like the club bouncer skit is like this is where i'm gonna get my health information but i mean we're all kind of susceptible to the ways in which social media kind of just like i don't want to call it propaganda but like it it just sticks in your brain
3: i was looking in the comments of the video of the woman cosplaying and there's someone who says As a tired doctor, please take this down. I know it's a joke, but so many people get their information this way and yours is not really accurate. I can see the effect from some of your commenters and I see it with my patients. Videos like these cause vaccine hesitancy way more than you think.
2: It takes so little to make someone so hesitant. It's just not great. I don't like it.
3: I don't either and I'm... I've gotten sucked into it. Like, it's a talking point now. You're getting your vaccine. Do you know what you're getting?
2: Yes, yes. I've also noticed the conversations where it's just like, ooh, which one are you getting? Do you know? And it's like, we've turned what is ultimately like medication in the very American way that we always manage to do into this like brand war where we're just trying to comparison shop, which is like ultimately just a reflection of our medical system. But in the case of the vaccines, it is I think, ultimately going to do us more harm. And it just ends up turning into this really weird thing where people are, like, capping for pharmaceutical companies, which I think we all collectively agreed at least two decades ago were not good. (laughs) But, like, I thought we had fully just realized the pharmaceutical industry was, like, one of the great evils in America. But now... People are wearing shirts that say Team Pfizer or House Pfizer. Like, it's turned into actual merchandise. And people doing free SpawnCon for pharmaceutical companies in (laughs) 2021. (laughs) I mean, it is the next
3: step in, like, the logical cycle of the memification of the vaccine, right? The Let's call it merchandization of memes. To be clear, I don't care if you want to spend money on a sweatshirt to tell the world that you got a free vaccine. You do you. But what I do care about is that that sweatshirt is feeding into this notion of what a reporter named Callan Rosenblatt at NBC News called vaccine rivalries. The idea that this sweatshirt might give somebody out there who's on the fence about vaccines or believes that there's a superior vaccine or is maybe holding out for a certain type of shot. I don't want anyone to think that that is the move.
2: Just the idea of splitting vaccines into teams, which is, if you look on Etsy, very much a thing. There is an entire genre Of vaccine content and they're the like innocuous shirts that are just like i got vaccinated or vaccinated caffeinated educated like listen live your best mom shirt life however (laughs) i take issue with the fact that people are literally turning pfizer and moderna into game of thrones houses with logos i just saw a tote bag it has Rosie the
3: Riveter or a a person stylized like Rosie the Riveter with the shirt rolled up and just a
2: band-aid on the upper arm. I mean, there's really no way to tell if it's just the memes that are changing people's minds,
1: mm-hmm. but
2: This LA Times piece by Erica D. Smith, which was really great, she volunteered at Kedron Community Health Center, and she says during her time volunteering, she lost track of how many people requested a specific brand and wanted to argue when they were told no. Who knows what will happen when doses of Johnson & Johnson show up? Which is not great. And I can only assume that those people were not just purely swayed by videos on TikTok.
3: Of course not, but it all feeds into creating a person out there who's going to go to a vaccine clinic and ask for Pfizer or ask for Moderna.
2: And it's really striking because so many of the people who are on TikTok, in fact, I think majority of users, something like over 35 percent of users on TikTok are under the age of 20. And so it's turning into this thing where in which people are not vax skeptic, but will perhaps delay getting the vaccine so they can get the one that they want, which is capital... In capital G, not <laughs> great. Yeah, I was gonna say, obviously, we are not uh, medical professionals, but actual medical professionals, actual medical professionals like <laughs> Dr. Fauci, have been concerned about this from the beginning. Fauci has said in February to get what's available to you. It's also tough because there are also
3: really big structural things at play here about how vaccine rollout is being done and and access for white communities versus predominantly black communities, Latino communities, vaccine rollout across socioeconomic
2: groups, right? And this idea that there's a superior vaccine, like... It flattens. This is, I think, kind of what annoys me the most about the brand wars of what's happening is that There's legitimate concern in a lot of communities that have been particularly hit hard by the pandemic. And the concern they're expressing is over getting what's been described as a quote-unquote second-class vaccine. That concern is one that's born out of decades of medical mistreatment, lack of access, doctors not caring about their concerns. But with the brand wars, It's getting flattened into this weird meme, which does not help anybody. And it makes it easier for people to dismiss the concerns of people who are worried about access and just say, oh, like, get whatever you can get, which you should, but we should know why that's important. Like, people should be able to ask questions about why it's good. I feel like,
3: uh, lest we appear to be a anti-TikTok podcast for even a brief (laughs) moment, I should say that the thing that finally... Got me to like fully understand how fully understand. As a doctor myself. Uh, <laughs> but to conceptually grasp how mRNA vaccines work was actually a TikTok.
1: You need to make this. What is it? It's a part of a virus.
3: It's a TikTok from user at Hot Vic Krishna, in which he Just is role-playing as uh, yes, a virus. ribosome They're and mRNA. COVID-19.
1: They have fork hands, and they're coming. Fork
4: hands?
3: The mRNA is telling the ribosomes, like, COVID is coming, the forks are coming, and you have to be ready, and here's how. So our immune systems create antibodies to fight against the fork-handed COVID-19. And so what we see at the end of the TikTok is when the forks descend, the body is prepared and, and can tackle
1: it. Seize the forks. Ice body, going to make this place my new home. Four cats, seize them.
3: Okay, okay, as good as this video is, we will recommend that you probably should not get all of your public health information from TikTok.
2: Coming up, we're gonna be talking about all the dumb shit that we did buy during quarantine that wasn't Etsy merch, including some really fancy cat pants.
3: Rachel, I don't know about you, but I have been convinced to buy several things (laughs) over (laughs) the last year via Instagram ads that I ultimately
2: just had no right purchasing. Madison, I I feel like I've sent you specific Instagram purchases (laughs) that I almost made (laughs) just based off of ads. I think that Instagram ads are my personality now if we're going to make things that we can consume personalities.
3: I was really convinced that this manicure set I bought last summer was going to like change my life. The the ads looked so great. It's easy to use. The bottles are designed so you can hold. Okay. Yeah, the polish is great. The file is great. The top coat, super shiny. You know what was not included in the box? (laughs) Talent. The ability Uh, (laughs) to give myself a manicure. (laughs) It has sat largely unused (laughs) since.
2: (laughs) The thing is, which I think is maybe the worst part about this entire thing, is I have not regretted a single Instagram ad purchase I've made. They've all been incredible, and it only encourages me to keep making them. Case in point, I bought this sweater. I thought it was going to be absolute trash, but I was just, like, I think I was depressed. But it's this, like, pastoral scene. It's, like, largely sky blue, but the bottom is green. It's show like, the rolling hills, and it has cows on it, like, real, actual black and white cows. It's so fun it's like an impressionist painting but on your body okay. i love it brag
3: <laughs> we however and this comforted me we're not the only ones who had impulse instagram purchases dotting our uh, credit card statements over the last year and we wanted to know whether people's instagram impulse buys actually sparked as much joy as they had hoped for so we asked around our office Turns out some of our colleagues uh, (laughs) had some tales of Instagram shopping gone right. But there were also no shortages of stories where it went terribly, terribly wrong.
1: Hi, I'm Dan Cech, and I bought three-quarter length uh, elastic-waisted cap pants on the internet.
2: (laughs) The specificity. Where were you in your pandemic life that brought you to this decision? (laughs)
1: Where I was, was in a period of my life where I kind of felt like having hard pants as they are now known, or pants (laughs) that have like buttons um, Mm. and really only accommodate uh, waists that are uniform in size over time um, was like not the right choice for me anymore. Um, And so I wanted pants that could grow with me. um, And these are those pants.
3: Did these pants find you via a targeted ad?
1: Yes, it was that uncanny feeling of um, ads on Instagram, like, responding to your, like, your just, like, subconscious desires, like, oh, that's perfectly targeted. That's, that's for me, um, even though I couldn't tell you exactly how or why it would wind up for me, for sure.
3: So you've, like, fully walked your dog in these pants is what I'm getting.
1: Yeah, yeah. I've definitely been places and been like, huh, I'm wearing these pants <laughs> to the supermarket. That's what's happening. And I, I, there was actually like a moment where my wife was like, wow, you're going to wear this outside, huh? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I guess I am. You know, I guess that's what's happening.
5: Hi, I'm Shannon Paulus. I'm a senior editor at Slate. And I brought, bought um, a lively bra on Instagram. Not one time, but twice. And I bought four of them. And I hate them. <laughs> you... <laughs>
3: wait (laughs) wow the twist ending there
5: i should say that the first time i bought it it was a pretty good bra for like three or four weeks uh maybe a little bit longer and then all of these little elastics started coming out to the point where like someone saw it one time and was like is that dog hair on your bra and i was like (sighs) oh my god but the thing is the issue is it was still pretty comfortable and then during quarantine around black friday the Instagram ads started haunting me again and I was like okay this bra is like not a good bra but it's comfortable <laughs> <laughs> and I just fell prey to like the entire Black Friday fallacy of like well if I buy a lot of them like they will be cheaper
0: <laughs> yeah
5: I used to work at Wirecutter which is a product review site like I'm not naive when it comes to advertising Talk and yet to you busy. bought how many bras <laughs> more. <laughs> like, this, is, this is part of who I am, though. It's like, it's, yeah, it's not going to change.
0: I'm Christina Cotarucci, and the item I purchased is a wooden spoon with a large marble sphere on the end of it. I weighed it just before this recording. It weighs about two-thirds of a pound. <laughs> Which is more than an appetizer spoon or serving spoon should weigh. What is the purpose
2: of this <laughs> spoon, and how much did it cost?
0: So there's a company that makes Szechuan chili crisp sauces, what have you, that has been advertising to me on Instagram for probably years now.
3: Was the the Instagram ad particularly like aesthetic? Yes,
0: that sold totally. you on the
3: spoon. Okay, talk to me about the energy of the kitchen you thought you were going to be in while using this spoon.
0: It it was more like a nightclub vibe. So, I'm sorry. What? <laughs> I'm sorry. What? It was like dark background, like bright colors, maybe some lush greenery and then like a a flash bulb aesthetics.
3: Christina, I think you you need to describe the dimensions
0: of this spoon a little bit more concretely. So it fits, it actually fits perfectly into my palm. (laughs) It's probably like two and a half inches wide. Again, I I must emphasize that it weighs two thirds of a pound. (laughs) and it's already broken, it's already Oh wait, I thought broken. that was intentional. Nope, I thought that was a part nope, of the there's design. There's all this like, dried up glue on the end no. of the wooden part. It's not even properly <laughs> affixed to the marble. So I already have something to repair about this $30 spoon. $30? I still think it'll look cute on an appetizer tray, but it's it wasn't well thought through <laughs> at all by the people who designed it or the person who bought it. <laughs>
4: I'm Allegra Frank and once upon a time, Instagram convinced me to buy an item that I still have never received. Anytime I go to a clothing store or anything that has tchotchkes, including necklaces or bracelets, I end up walking out with one at least, which is where Instagram comes in because its (laughs) ads are basically like stumbling upon something. So I bought this necklace. They sent me like a, you know, payment confirmation. After that, No, not only did I never get a tracking number, I have never seen ads from this company ever again. Like, (laughs) that's why I don't even know what it's called. (laughs) I've never seen ads from them. I I have no idea what happened. And I thought about it again, like three months later, and I found the order (laughs) confirmation email that I got. So I emailed them. And of course, I never heard back. And overall, it's been like six months now. Probably never getting that necklace, probably never buying anything from Instagram again.
2: (laughs) Wait, have you gone to the website since you've not received your purchase? Like, does the website still exist?
4: So, okay. So I sent the email to the support line and it didn't Mm -hmm. bounce back. So like, even though they never replied, oh, here it is. Oh, it's still on the website. Wow. They have three left in stock and two are in carts. Okay. So you still have them in stock. (laughs) I want you to have this necklace. <laughs> I want to. Maybe I should actually try it again because the website is still there. No, okay, don't Allegra, buy no. it again. No, no.
2: If, if you're gonna if you're gonna try again, follow up with them again. Don't just buy it again.
3: That one actually has kind of a happy ending because
2: we uh, were so persuasive
3: Allegra emailed <laughs> PayPal and got
2: her money back. It was truly, I think, the best ending that could have happened in that scenario. Like, I think if she had got the necklace four months later, it just wouldn't have quite hit as good as getting that PayPal refund. Hopefully, now that, you know, we're all vaccinated. We're getting towards it. We'll be able to go back to making these kind of rash shopping decisions IRL, where at least you you know what you're getting into when you buy it. More nail polish, here I come. All right, that's the show. We'll be back in your feed on Saturday, so definitely subscribe. It's free, so you never miss an episode. And please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and tell a friend. It really helps us find new listeners. In the meantime, though, if you've got an internet rabbit hole you want us to go down, there's a tweet that several of your friends have texted you about and you cannot explain. Or you just want to know why everyone is talking about Natasha Beddingfield's butt. Drop us a note at icyymienslate.com or find us on Twitter at the hashtag icyymipod. This is an ass podcast now. ICYMI is produced by
3: Daniel Schrader. Our supervising producer is Derek John. Forrest Wickman is Slate's culture editor. And Gabe Roth is editorial director of audio. See you online. Or not.
1: This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine.